0: We're talking about the 1991 sci-fi horror black comedy, Meet the Applegate. It's a movie about bugs trying to eliminate humans on Earth. It was made in 1989. The release was delayed in the U.S. until 1991 due to the financial troubles of New World Pictures. New World Pictures, of course, was founded by brothers Roger Corman and Gene Corman. Roger Corman, responsible for some of our favorite movies. Hell yeah. But, you know, when you make a business out of making movies that can't make money, eventually you're going to run out of money. And that's exactly (laughs) what happened. New World Pictures was purchased and dismantled by 20th Century Fox, but this movie lives on. I know, right? Yeah. Basically, the only thing, New World Pictures is now a holding company. It's basically the company that owns the copyrights to the movies. Mm-hmm. Movie was made on a budget of $5 million, managed to make $485,000 in the box office, 274000 in the U.S., and the rest of it in the Philippines.
1: Yeah. Oh, man. That's messed up, dude. Like. That's where this movie took off.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It made almost as much money in the Philippines as it did in the US.
1: I don't know. I just, uh, growing up, this was always in the sci-fi section of the video store. Right. Which not really sci-fi, you know, I don't know why, but I just remember in the cover used to give me kind of nightmares and then I rented it and then, yeah, it was like, like full blown nightmares.
0: I will say this: the bug puppets in this movie are fantastic.
1: Yeah, they're unsettling. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they're they're they really look good too. Rated R, the movie's ninety minutes long and has a nine percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes. And as low as that is, it's still not the lowest rating of a movie we've watched. That honor goes to slaughter high which has a zero percent rating (laughs) roger ebert said this movie lacks basically everything including a point of view but that's wrong roger ebert this movie has strong opinions about environmentalism and consumerism and your neighbors are weird
1: yeah also i like it how uh like in in that review in the Cisco neighbor episode, like they kinda like there was like this uh thing going on in Hollywood at the time where it's like this weird uh veneer of suburbia is like hiding this like you know, hellscape, right. you know. And yeah. I think it fits perfectly in that thing, like uh blue velvet or something, it's like that kind of a movie. But it's yeah, it's like corny cheese ball laughs. Yeah.
0: Meanwhile, Luke Thompson of the New Times said it gets high marks for concept and is worth a look. I don't know about that either. <laughs> Chase, Burns, Chase Burns of the Seattle Washington paper, The Stranger, said it is best viewed as a how-to against product placement. And he's pretty much on the money there. It looks like this entire project was funded by Butterfinger, Cuisinart, Tide, and U-Haul.
1: Well, it is a Roger Corman movie, so you're like you know, the movie <laughs> came from somewhere. <laughs> I don't really agree with you. Know, like, I mean, you you got to see this, but you can't really. It's like a dead movie. Like uh, whoever who, who bought this, who bought the studio,
0: Twentieth uh, Century Fox.
1: So that's all by Disney. So there's no way Disney's going to put this out on Blu-ray, you know. But no, like no, it hasn't you can yeah, find it, it on YouTube though. Yeah, that's where we're watching it. I found it on YouTube one night, late at night. I'm like, "Oh my god, I can't believe this movie's up here." But uh, <laughs> it's a dead movie. The like the, the the last thing it came out on was like VHS, right? And uh, you, there should be like a letter campaign. Someone should get vinegar syndrome on this. I want a, like a 4K Ultra Blu-ray shit. You know,
0: we need to we need to put up a Kickstarter for that, a oh, GoFundMe,
1: yeah. something. Write your congressman. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Directed by Michael Lehman, best known for producing the for for giving us the films Heathers, Hudson Hawk, and on TV for Big Love, Nurse Jackie, Dexter, American Horror Story, True Blood, Californication, Jessica Jones, Veronica Mars, and this little gem that came out recently. The woman in a house across the street from the girl in the window.
1: That sounds weird.
0: It is. It it's really bizarre, and it, it's a play on those old psychological thriller movies. Hell yeah! You know, uh, the one where the woman sees the guy across the street burying his wife in the backyard, but it turns out no one's lived in that house for twenty years.
1: Hell yeah! Is that what the <laughs> thing in the movies about?
0: No, it's it's like those.
1: Okay, so it's like Rear Window and shit. Yes. Uh. I love that director, man. Heather's is like one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, he also Hudson did like. Hawk
0: a, was a giant, stinky piece of cheese.
1: It is, but it's it, it's like. Uh, I like cheese, you know, so uh, it's a guilty pleasure. Also, exactly. he did. Airheads. Airheads is another guilty pleasure of mine. That's like a cult. Yes. I like, love that movie. Brendan Fraser, Dee Bushimi, uh, Adam Sandler. But like that movie's. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean,
1: one of my favorites and uh yeah this movie so and he did this one after heather so it that dark sense of humor really bleeds in in this one
0: yeah movie was written by michael Lehman and redbeard simmons who really hasn't done a whole lot in tv or film he worked with Lehman on Lehman's usc student film the beaver gets a boner
1: and i've been trying to find a copy of that fucking movie <laughs> i heard it's, i heard it's like really good it's a it's like uh when they have like uh film school festivals it's like you know it's one of those yeah if you're a film student you've seen this movie
0: yes movie stars ed begley jr as richard p applegate and i love ed begley jr me
1: too man he's one of my favorite actors
0: he is a hollywood iron man too IMDb lists 335 film and TV credits from 1967 to present, which is 232 more credits than Kevin Bacon. Fuck you, Kevin Bacon.
1: Yeah, suck it, Kevin. Um, (laughs) I love that. He's like a king of improv, too. He's like in all those Christopher Guest movies, you know? Uh he was the drummer spinal tap. Every time they show him in that drummer role in Spinal Tap, I lose my shit. I'll spit my drink out.
0: Yes. And mostly, I that's heard recently I heard recently there's a Spinal Tap reunion tour coming up. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> what year is this, man? <laughs> Ed Begley Jr. known for my three sons, Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman. He was Flight Sergeant Green Bean in the Amer- in the original Battlestar Galactica. He was in St. Elsewhere, Columbo, Third Rock from the Sun, Star Trek Voyager, Kingdom Hospital, Six Feet Under, CSI Miami, Portlandia, Arrested Development, Young Sheldon, and Better Call Saul.
1: Also, uh, he was on this Hulu show that I highly recommend called Future Man. Okay. That that show's genius It is like, way ahead of its time, uh, especially with, like, current events and shit, the way shit's been playing out. Like, this shit called it all back, you know, about, like, in the, 20, in the early 2010s, you know? It's like, oh, my God. Nice. It's like a documentary, yeah, but that, that, that show just rocks. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the guy's awesome. Uh, big environmentalist. Yeah, big, junior every time you see, like, Earth Day and shit, you know, he, he's usually in a commercial or something. He's doing something with it, you know?
0: He's also got voice credits in Captain Planet, Batman: The Animated Series, and Scooby Doo and Scrappy Doo.
1: You had me all the way until you said Scrappy Doo, and now I'm a cutout. Oh, okay. I hate Scooby. doo I, Sco- I, I love Scooby Doo, but Scrappy Doo, and like just this side to the like, uh, yeah, that one time where it's like the thirteen ghosts of Scooby Doo, where it's like, yeah, uh, you think that would rule because it's got Vincent Price in it, but no, nah, that sucks
0: ass. Oh yeah, I mean, there's nothing good about Scrappy Doo. Scrappy-Doo was Scooby-Doo's attempt at Cousin Oliver on the Brady Bunch.
1: I was going to say the same damn thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Stockard Channing is Jane Applegate, known for Grease, Practical Magic, Six Degrees of Separation, The Good Wife, The West Wing, and she's also the voice of Barbara Gordon in Batman Beyond.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's chicks, you know, she's like, almost, she, yeah, she is a Hollywood legend. I mean, fucking Grease, yeah. like, on the map, you know, and I've seen her in bit parts here and there. But, yeah, she really stands out in you know, everything she's in.
0: Bobby Jacoby is Johnny Applegate, known for Knots Landing, Different Strokes, Hill Street Blues, Who's the Boss, Charles in Charge, Walker, Texas Ranger, Tremors, and Can't Hardly Wait.
1: Uh, he was also on a TV show that I like called Parker Lewis Can't Lose, where he played the yeah. cool guy, which yeah. is weird because this guy has never been cool. Uh, uh, oh, also, no. he was in,
0: This guy hasn't even been cool adjacent.
1: Yeah. No, nah, uh, he was in this one movie. Oh, man. What was it? Uh, Wizards of the Lost Kingdom 2, which is another Roger Corman shit fest. and uh it was recently on uh one of the seasons the netflix seasons of uh mystery science theater so yeah go check that out and laugh at him in that but in that one it's like it's like a medieval like type thing and the whole time and everybody else is like playing it up you know and shit but the whole time he's talking like a surfer dude okay it's it's insane the stupid like way this kid is acting in this medieval movie I don't know. I just had to throw that out there. He, he really sticks out like a sore thumb in that movie. But I love him in this movie. He's perfect as the character that he plays in this.
0: Yeah. Next, we got Camille Cooper as Sally Applegate. She's appeared on General Hospital, Knots Landing, Shocker, Lawnmower Man 2 Beyond Cyberspace. Uh, she then went on to become a top expert on matters related to the media. And she became Director of Legislative Affairs for the National Association to Protect Children. She was instrumental in passing the Protect Our Children Act of 2008. And in 2019, she became Vice President of Public Policy for Rain, the Rape, Abuse, Incest, and Incest National Network.
1: Hell yeah. Big ups to her, man. Hell yeah. She also has, like, the best lines in this movie, I think.
0: she's She plays very stereotypical character and that's weird to say because part of the plot of this movie is that the family is trying to become stereotypical but she plays that troubled teen or or just rebellious teen really really well Uh, this whole movie is like they
1: just uh they take like yeah stereotypes and then they'll like flip them over on their head you know it's like yeah, yeah it still works you know but, uh, yeah, it's like it's taking, like, 1950 stuff and releasing it in the 80s and yes. then seeing how crazy that will go.
0: Finally, we've got Dabney Coleman as Aunt B, another oh, like long-running Hollywood regular, best known for 9 to 5, Tootsie, War Games, and Boardwalk Empire. Also appeared in The Muppets Take Manhattan, Barnaby Jones, Quincy M.E., Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman again. The movie, the film adaptation of the Beverly Hillbillies, Inspector Gadget, Ray Donovan, and currently my favorite TV show, Yellowstone. Yellowstone? Is that is that good? Oh man. Yeah, it's like uh Sopranos on Horses.
1: See, yeah, my cousin's into that. She told me like I start watching it, but like I don't know, it came on like what Paramount Plus or something.
0: I know it's on Peacock. And it's really, really good. Uh, the fifth season is about to kick off in November. But yeah, he's he's made a
1: decades-longer career just playing an asshole in every movie. He's in.
0: oh yeah, that's that's his stereotype. There.
1: Uh, there, there was this one movie where he was not an asshole, but he was he's assholeish, and it was, he he was a kid's imag- uh, imaginary friend who was also like a secret spy. I can't remember. I think it was like called Cloak and Dagger, and that's a okay. weird age movie that never left my head. That was a great one.
0: Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. So the movie opens up with some 1970s B-roll. It looks like <laughs> <laughs> It's a flyover of the strip mining operation in the forest with orange and green credit in a font resembling the Gilligan's Island title credit script.
1: Yeah. That's uh, something that was like a big thing, and like the uh, that font is something big in like the uh, '80s and early '90s. I don't know why. It, it's like yeah. I call it the Mail Dome font, but okay. uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a eyesore.
0: In the middle of the credits, we get a narration card explaining that the Brazilian cocorada bug has existed in the Amazon rainforest for millions of years, but now mining is destroying its habitat. But these bugs are huge and they have an attitude. Then we go back to the credits. Yeah. This this is just an awkward setup. Usually you got just a few credits and then you get your narration title card. But they got a whole bunch of cred opening credits here. And so they stuck the narration card right in the center of it. Back to more B-roll with spiders, scorpions, and tropical wildlife and flyover shots as the credits continue. And as long as these credits are, the closing credits are twice as long. So don't worry, there's more stuff. I think they put several people in here two or three times just to make credits longer. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> here's some chanting in the jungle. It's not any kind of ceremony or anything, it's two Americans trying to teach Amazonian native tribe how to read the Dick and Jane books. <laughs> They stop when a construction crew starts pulling down trees near them to clear the area for uh, a bank to be built. They go to say something to the construction crew, and as, as, as they leave, there's a commotion. And the natives all start running out of the woods, and one exclaims that the giant bugs are attacking, and then he runs off screaming. And then you get this cheesy POV shot of a giant bug chasing people off. It's just some antennas in front of the camera, but they're waving around really cool. One of the teachers drops his Dick and Jane book and his Butterfinger bar and runs off, and the bug stops to examine those. Next, there's a shot of an American suburban neighborhood, and a new family is moving in, looking like a family from the 1950s in the 1980s. You got that brill cream hair and everything. Yeah. The
1: shirt's tucked
0: in and all that. Yep. Their dog Spot immediately gets in a scrap with a dog across the street. So this is how they're going to introduce the characters. Uh, The patriarch of the new family in the neighborhood is Dick Applegate. His neighbor is Greg Sampson, played by Glenn Shaddix. You'll remember him as Otho in Beetlejuice. And the mayor in Nightmare Before Christmas.
1: Yeah, I love him in this movie. Uh. Yeah, usually he's like I don't know. He's he's different in this movie, you know. Yeah, there's something about it. Like I don't know. Usually he's like some artsy, pretentious, you know, farhead, you know, or uh, uh, I don't know. But like in this one, he's like just like this gr- grizzly ass, like uh, uh, what do you call it, exterminator. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: And he's just kind of a hard ass in this movie. It's weird to see him in that kind of role.
0: Right. Well, his introduction uh, really highlights how crappy the, the dialogue writing is in this movie. He introduces himself as Greg Sampson. I'm in the family ranch, the single family ranch house across the way. <laughs> Almost like he's reading script direction. I live in the quaint but homey Tudor style home with the immaculately groomed edges and neat lawn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dick introduces his wife, Jane, and their kids, Sally and Johnny, just like the Dick and Jane books. Awesome. Um, They look exactly like the characters in the Dick and Jane books as well. And they've got a dog named Spot. See Spot run. Run, Spot, run. Oh, no, Spot. Get down from there. (laughs) Well, Greg's dog knocks over a box of Butterfinger Bars, a big old moving box, and it's just packed full of Butterfinger Bars. It looks like somebody's got a sweet tooth. Uh, Dick blames that on his teenage kids. But something's not quite right about these folks. As Greg leaves, Dick and Jane discuss whether or not Greg and his dog will be a problem for them. Later that night, Dick is trying to hack into the U.S. Census Bureau. It asks him for a password, so of course he tries the only password that makes any sense, swordfish. Swordfish. But that doesn't work. Apparently the password isn't always swordfish. Meanwhile, Jane is taking notes from a women's magazine about uh, which laundry detergent most housewives prefer. The kids are taking notes on TV shows. Dick finally manages to hack into the Census Bureau and he creates records for the entire family, making them appear completely 100% average. Then he drills the entire family on their personas. They must appear completely normal as Dick infiltrates and sabotages the nuclear power plant. Nuclear? Yeah. Johnny tries to correct him and tell him it's actually pronounced nuclear. Nuclear. But Dick explains that most people say nuclear and for the rest of the movie and the rest of this podcast, that's the way it's going to be pronounced. Awesome. (laughs) At the power plant, Dick manages to get hired right away to debug the nuclear power plant. (laughs) (laughs) Sally manages to make the cheerleading squad and out on the football field, the girls are flirting with members of the football team. That's when Vince Sampson introduces himself. I'm Vince Sampson, voted best hair in the senior class. What a douche. (laughs) Yeah, the girls pretty much have the same attitude about Vince, except for Sally. Sally thinks he's kind of cute.
1: Yeah, well, she's from out of town. She don't know what's up.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: If you live in this town, you know that guy's a douche.
0: (laughs) That's true. That's true. One of the girls mentions that, saying he's a worm. Cut to Johnny and his new friend torturing an earthworm with a cigarette lighter. (laughs) That's when two metalheads show up. These are Kevin and Kenny. They are twins, and they're idiots. Um, These
1: guys are my favorite characters in the whole movie. And I count them (laughs) as one character. Yeah, but uh, just think all the beavisome butthead shit you've ever seen and just give them like really... Put a flock
0: of seagulls haircut on it.
1: yeah greasy haircut and it's oh man
0: <laughs> it's kind of a cross between a flock of seagulls and the early 80s bon jovi
1: also for some reason they look like extras in a goofy movie yes like they, their faces <laughs> look like those weird dog faces that the goofy right. people have and it's they just yeah every time they're on the screen i'm like oh hell yeah the good shit's about to happen yeah
0: they offer Johnny a cigarette, but Johnny doesn't smoke even though he says he's into heavy metal music. What the heck's that all about?
1: Yeah, I thought you were supposed to be a normal American kid, kid.
0: Yeah, exactly. As they go off, Johnny's friend explains that they're hooked on some kind of drug called Jerry's Kid. <laughs> this uh, so um yeah forgot to mention this film is uh way across the line into the insensitive territory
1: yeah it was made like 89 or whatever so it's like right. even then it's like you know you're pushing it you're pushing it. it's kind of like trying to be like South Park in the 80s exactly like it, it's it's insensitive and uh and stuff but it, it's like you know now it would seem kind of tame. At the same time, yeah, it's still there.
0: So they mention a drug called Jerry's Kids, which turns you into a spaz. And of course, Jerry's Kids were kids who benefited from uh, the work of the Muscular Dystrophy Association. Back home, Dick feeds Spot, but not before tasting the dog food himself. And he thinks it tastes pretty good. (laughs) The phone rings. It's Aunt B calling for a status report. Aunt B turns out to be. A man, Dabney Coleman, complete with Dabney Coleman's mustache, which is a character all on its own. Oh hell yeah! Wearing a dress and a floppy hat, Dabney Coleman is not his
1: mustache. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. It's like because uh, they're insects, right? Because so like it would be like a bee, queen bee, and yes, um, exactly. But at the same time, like he's such a fucking asshole that he's he's keeping the mustache.
0: Keeping the mustache, 100%. Yeah. He threatens to personally suck the juice from Dick's skull if Dick screws this up. (laughs) At dinner, the Applegates are eating like ants. They have a feast of chocolate covered with Aunt Jemima pancake syrup and chocolate sauce, along with some leaves. And that's just bizarre.
1: Uh, It's not that bad.
0: Uh, I mean, we're talking about bugs. We don't know yeah. what we're talking about bugs, but we're talking about bugs.
1: It's probably like to them, it's like keto or something. You know, they they got to take sugar intakes, you know, to keep their levels. Exactly. Lovely.
0: Well, that night, Dick and Jane change back to bug form and get naughty in the bathroom. Next morning, everybody wakes up in bug form. Uh, apparently, they sleep in little cocoons up in the corner of the wall near the ceiling or hidden in the closet.
1: I don't know. That's pretty funny when, uh, when they wake up. And it's just like a a bug mandible or some crap, like trying to hit that alarm clock. It's like, all right, I got it. Yeah. I got it.
0: <laughs> yeah, Dick yells for everybody to rise and pupate. <laughs> so, you know, there's no mystery. These are 100% the giant bugs from the Amazon rainforest disguised as humans. At school, Johnny is watching a film about bugs while the rest of the class, including the teacher, sleep through the film. Until the projector breaks, the teacher gives the entire class an assignment which Johnny finds absolutely horrifying. He wants them all to assemble a bug collection. Meanwhile, at the nuclear reactor, Dick asks for a full set of schematics to the control room, then attempts to catch and release a fly in his office. Dotty comes in while Dick is standing up on his desk. With the fly trapped in a paper cup against the ceiling, his boss, Mister Withers, comes in too. Mister Withers tells him, "Yeah, you can't have schematics to the control room. That's highly classified." And, and then he kills the fly, much to much to Dick's dismay. It'd be like if I walked in and 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 just told you you couldn't have something you asked for, and then stabbed your neighbor. <laughs> you would think I was of... a
1: jerk. Yeah. <laughs> But, like, the, the boss, you know, he kind of, like, what the hell's going on? Because, like, the way he's standing on the thing and the way she's positioned, is pretty yeah, comparable
0: Yeah, the camera angle puts Dottie's head right at the same level with Dick's crotch.
1: And so it's like, oh, man, I fucking hate these new guys. They get all the secretaries and shit. And then he's like... <laughs> Then he kind of reprimands him for like trying to get, you know, classified information. And then he slaps the bug like it was no thought whatsoever. Yeah. And yeah, it's like, like, you dick, you just killed a bug, you know.
0: <laughs> Back at home, Johnny is agonizing over having to kill a bug. He's got a bug in his hand and he's trying to stick the pin through it so that he can mount it. But he can't bring himself to do it. Meanwhile, Sally is smitten with Vince Samson. Who
1: just so happens to live across the street.
0: Yes. He's out there playing basketball in the driveway as Sally watches. Cut to the Sunday church picnic. Sally has brought her chocolate pie and presents that to Pastor Cooter. (laughs) (laughs) She says it's an old family recipe. In the buffet line, Vince is trying to get Sally to sneak off to the cemetery so they can make out. Meanwhile, Dick discovers that Greg Sampson, Vince's dad, is an exterminator. And Greg is talking about exterminating bugs over dinner. Meanwhile, we see Pastor Cooter try a great big mouthful of Sally's pie, but apparently there's something wrong with it because he spits it out in his, some other lady's plate. <laughs> over in the cemetery, Vince is trying to force himself on Sally, and they end up falling into an open grave.
1: That's romantic.
0: Yeah, nice. <laughs> there are mosquitoes buzzing around the dinner table, but Greg's got a solution for that. And he pulls out his sonic bug repeller. This is, it emits a sound that humans can't hear, but bugs can't stand it. And if you've ever watched late night TV, you know you can buy these piece of crap things that don't actually do anything. I've seen flies and mosquitoes land on them.
1: Yeah, me too. But, uh, yeah, I remember them used to, like, selling them in the ad spaces of, like, popular mechanics and shit like that. Or, yeah. I'm like, this has got to be a ripoff, man.
0: Well, he turns it on, and nobody can hear it except Dick and Jane, and it's absolutely deafening to them.
1: Absolutely hilarious to us.
0: Because
1: <laughs> <laughs> all you see is uh, you're looking at the guy, and you, you get that loud noise, you know, and he's talking yeah. and shit. But you can't hear what he's saying, and it goes back to Dick and Jane, and they're like got this like panic smile on their face, and you're like <laughs> cutting the fuck on.
0: Back in the car on the way home, Sally's got dirt all over her face and her clothes. Dick and Jane look like they've been beaten. Jane warns Sally to stay away from Vince because his father's a killer. <laughs> <laughs> back home, Dick is going over his plan to blow up the nuclear plant. Sally is trying to go to the mall when Jane suggests that she take her brother along. So Sally does take her brother. She drops him off at the diner. This is when we see Sally's car for the first time. There are a couple of bugs in a Volkswagen Beetle. (laughs) Sally didn't go to the mall, though. Instead, she went to the school gym to hang out with Vince on a trampoline. Nice. Yeah, she's watching Vince shoot baskets and clapping every time he makes it. Get a shot of Johnny walking along a dark street. I guess he's headed home when a car pulls up and dumps empty beer cans on him. Back at the gym, Vince decides that making out is not enough. And he sexually assaults Sally, who transforms into her bug form and chokes Vince out. Good for her. Yes, absolutely. She didn't kill him, though. She should have to. She probably should have. Instead, we cut to Sally's bedroom. Where she stuffs a cocooned Vince into her closet,
1: but just that one scene though, where she uh, transforms into a bug, where like, yeah, it's first, it's like a mold of her face, and then the eyes pop out. Yes, and then that's that's crazy on its own. That should have been the like the poster or whatever. But then like, yeah, two bug arms come around his shoulders, and then it cuts back to her, right. and she's full on bug mode now. And then, yeah, next thing you know, she's got, like, this uh, uh, cocoon sack, and she's, like, heavy lifting it into her closet, like, uh, uh, you know.
0: Yeah, that bit with her eyes bugging out was awesome. And like you said, oh, it was yeah. just a model of her face with rubber balloons in the eyes, and they just inflate them, and, and it looked really cool.
1: Yeah, you only see it for, like, a couple of seconds, but it was so damn cool.
0: Yeah. At breakfast, Johnny is complaining that Sally abandoned him, but Sally has a very convincing lie ready and manages to fool her parents, so they ground Johnny for telling lies about his sister. That's when the phone rings again after Johnny gets sent to his room. Vince Sampson has been kidnapped and Greg has called a meeting at the town hall. Apparently, Vince didn't come home last night. We know why he's in Sally's closet. At the town hall meeting, Greg warns this could happen to anybody, and they all need to protect themselves. As the sheriff is speaking to the crowd, Kenny and Kevin come in, and they lure Johnny away to go smoke a cigarette.
1: Hell yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the sheriff speculates that Vince could have just wandered away, and to which Greg replies that he could be at the bottom of the Chiquita River. <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile kenny and kevin want johnny to steal 200 dollars from his dad so that they can invest it back in the town hall meeting greg urges the parents to protect themselves and that's when jane notices that johnny is gone well apparently she found johnny because the next thing we see is them all in the car on the way home and dick tells johnny that he's grounded for four more weeks at school Kenny and Kevin are talking with Johnny, and that's when Sally pulls up to give him a ride home. Two girls stop by Sally's car and ask her if they heard about Vince. Apparently, he's been kidnapped by a pervert who is uh, zapping his balls with a cattle prod. You know how the stories grow.
1: (laughs) Especially in a small town like this.
0: Exactly. Behind the grocery store, Jane is sorting through rotting produce in the dumpster until Opal shows up and invites her to go shopping. Sally didn't notice apparently that a tow truck pulled up behind her and towed off her car cuz it was parked in a no parking zone. I've, I've never missed a tow truck that was right behind me. I don't think I've ever I don't think I've ever been that oblivious, but apparently Jane was
1: yeah, well, it could have been, you know, hidden behind this lady's big-ass haircut because this Opal chick has <laughs> got like some kind of poodle glued on her head. So if if it happened behind this lady's hair, then, yeah, I could totally see that happening. But, yeah, yeah. no. Nah.
0: Well, Opal takes Jane to a clothing store and teaches her about credit cards. She also teaches Sally how to get a credit card fraudulently. He says she doesn't have a job. He says, yeah, just tell him you sell Mary Kay. Tell him I'm your supervisor, and I'll tell him that you made fifty thousand dollars last.
1: It's amazing this shit. Like this is this is like this whole movie's bad ideas, right? Uh, yeah. Still money, still money from your parents, and investing in drug dealing. Uh, Hang out with uh, jockey guys that are douchebags in town. Um, fraud, like credit fraud. You know, let's do that. Yeah, that too. Yes, might as uh, well. You know, yeah, adultery. Uh, throw that in there.
0: At the nuclear plant. Dottie is flirting with Dick. Meanwhile, Opal and Sally have made their way to a restaurant for some serious day drinking.
1: Oh, man. Yeah.
0: These two are just plastered at this point, And it's only lunchtime.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, the, yeah, she picked the wrong friend in Opal, man. That, that chick's just all kinds of bad news.
0: Definitely. The server comes up to tell Opal that her card is declined. That's okay. Opal has a fistful of other cards. Just pick one of them. <laughs> and Sally has new colorful wardrobe and great big hair. Uh, she's got a poodle to, glued to her head also.
1: I don't know what the hell it was in the 80s and the hair, man. But yeah, this she looks kind of like a Dolly partner impersonator. It's like, yeah,
0: I don't know why we did it, but we did it all the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> back home, Dick is worried and outraged at Sally's outrageous consumerism. <laughs> and he wants Sally to take all of her new clothes back to the store. Meanwhile, up in his room, Johnny is grounded, but that's okay because Kenny and Kevin have come knocking at his window, blossom style.
1: <laughs>
0: they were supposed to return the $200 that Johnny stole from his dad instead. They brought the pot that they brought, bought with the $200. That's what their investment was. They teach Johnny how to get high, and Johnny gets so high, he starts turning back into a bug.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> at first, Kenny and Kevin think they're hallucinating, and the, the pot must be laced with something, but then Johnny attacks. Cut to somebody stapling a missing persons poster to the light pole with photos of Kevin and Kenny. That was quick.
1: This shit was so funny though, because it's like they they're smoking right, and then he hands them the thing on a roach clip, right, and and then he starts like his arm, and then it, he picks up the joint, and then and then then like that's a roach clip, and then they're like, yeah. oh man, this is messed up, and then all of a sudden he just rips his head off and peels his skin away, and then that really fucks them up. Yeah. Like I just imagine seeing it from those guys' perspective, like this got to be like you. The most funniest thing or the most horrific thing ever.
0: <laughs> it probably started as one and turned into the other. Oh, yeah. The sheriff is at another town hall meeting advising the community that, you know, I was wrong before. And maybe you folks really need to keep an eye on each other. <laughs> Pastor, Cooter says, Pastor Cooter says they also need to raise some money. So they decide they're going to put on a show because Opal's husband wrote a musical review that they're going to stage now. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Back at the house, Jane is talking to Dick about putting a greenhouse in the backyard. Dick wants to mate just for the fun of it, but Sally says it's the wrong season. Dick's not hearing it, though. You know, humans do it all the time, and we're supposed to be humans, right? (laughs) Uh, So Jane decides she's sleeping in the living room. Uh, She chases Johnny up to his room. On TV, Sally discovers the Home Shopping Network and starts buying a bunch more stuff until her card is declined. Meanwhile, in the bedroom, Dick has found a Scientific American magazine. (laughs) In the magazine, there are pictures of bugs mating. Oh, my God. So Dick runs off to the bathroom with the magazine. And from inside the bathroom, you hear rhythmic thumping. The bugs do it, too. Yeah. (laughs) Next, we see Sally at a pregnancy support group. Sally is apparently pregnant after Vince raped her. Uh, She says that he skipped town. She's bitter and she hates men. And that makes the lesbian moderator of this support group very, very happy. Back in the Amazon rainforest, a boat has arrived at a dock to pick up a woman. The woman turns around and it's Aunt B. And when the boat operator sees this, he turns around quick and gets <laughs> out of there.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is pretty funny. Shit. He sees like this uh, lady in a hat and a dress, and she's like all on the thing with her foot up, propped up on the dock and shit. And then he yeah, he lifts that big ass brimmed hat and is like, hey, how's it going? And and then the guy's like, no, it's zzz! like <laughs> the little rooter tail of water splashes him in the face. He's like, guy, ah, that little bastard. I can't wait to kill the humans now. You know, like,
0: Well, Aunt B sees another boat coming and and he's got a plan to attract this boat over here. He pushes Jorge into the piranha-infested river. Oh, the boat pulls up close to try to save Jorge. And Aunt Bee's bug turns back into a giant bug arm and knocks the boat pilot out. And they steal his banana boat.
1: It's literally <clears> a banana boat, though. It's like it's like the guy was fishing, and instead of catching like fish and shit, he's just got a bunch of nets of bananas in there.
0: Yes, it is piled high with bananas. Meanwhile, back in Ohio, Sally's unboxing all her new Cuisinart countertop appliances when the sheriff arrives. The sheriff needs to question Sally because she hasn't been at school in a week. And he's got questions about Vince Sampson. Uh, Sally tells the sheriff that Vince got her drunk. He got the beer from a guy he met in Akron, a guy named Larry. Uh, The sheriff wants to know if there was any homosexual activity. And Sally suggests that maybe Vince was in the closet. Vince is literally wrapped up in a cocoon in her closet right now. (laughs)
1: <laughs> which yeah they do that like that cheap E.T. gag where like yes. like while the sheriff is questioning this chick in her bed uh, her mom's like cleaning up her uh, room and then like hanging her laundry and shit and then like it opens she opens the door and then you see like right there underneath the shirts and stuff his face
0: right after the sheriff leaves you see Sally dragging the Vince cocoon down into the basement and she totally does not notice the Kevin and Kenny cocoons that are also down there.
1: <laughs> yeah, she takes her, the football guy and puts him in a corner and, like, puts a big old, like, rug. And you, we see that through, like, underneath the stairs. And that's where the other two are like, right. hidden, like, in plain view. Yeah.
0: Well, Jane wants to know why Sally didn't mention this other guy before. Sally says, just leave me alone. I'm sick. All right. And she's Mm -hmm. blending ice cream and pickles in her mom's new food processor.
1: That's never going to come out.
0: Never, never. Um, That Things going to taste like pickles forever now. Yep. Well, Sally leaves and Jane starts opening the mail. And oh, thank goodness. She's got a new credit card. At the nuclear plant, Dick is sneaking into the records room or at least trying to, but he sets off an alarm and the door won't let him in. So he goes down into the basement, strips off all of his clothes and changes into bug form so that he can crawl through a secret entrance that just happened to be there, I guess. Also like
1: it's not like they change size or anything. Like they're still the same height in bug form. Yes. So like why not just crawl in? But no. Nah got to do it. It's like Batman
0: or some shit. He's like, no, I got to be a bug to get this to happen. <laughs> it's the only way. Well, he crawls through a, a secret entrance that's hidden by a light fixture. And he's going after the control room schematic, trying to use his little bug claw to pick the lock on the file cabinet. That's when Dick's boss comes in and he thinks he hears a rat. It's actually Dick, but he doesn't know this because Dick is hiding in bug form up on the ceiling. That's why he had to change into bug form, so he could cling to the ceiling.
1: Ah, okay.
0: I mean, he's still a 200-pound, 6-foot-long bug, but he can stick to the ceiling. Dick manages to sneak out through the secret entrance, but he has to poop on his way, and it just leaves a slimy mess on the floor, causing Mr. Withers to slip and fall.
1: (laughs) That's a work accident. You got it. Fill out paperwork for that shit.
0: Exactly, Morgan and Morgan for the people. <laughs> <laughs> well, before Dick can get back to his discarded clothes, a janitor sweeps him up and carries him off, leaving only a single sock. So Dick has to cover his dick with a sock and sneak through the plant. And he does. It's you would get a top-down view of it. And it's like one of those sneak and hide video games where he's got to time it so that he's always behind everybody or everybody's always looking the other way.
1: Yeah, it's like that one level in Metal Gear Solid 2 where you're a naked (laughs) ninja. and You're just like ninja flipping all over the place while you're like holding your cojones. You know, it's like it's awkward, but we've all been there, you know.
0: Yeah. He makes it back to his office where Dottie is waiting for him, and he's just standing there naked with a sock over his wiener. Dottie decides that naked Dick means Dick wants to have sex with her, so yeah, Dick will go for it.
1: She's been waiting for this.
0: She has. At home that evening, Dick is late. The family is eating KFC. Well, well, kind of. Uh, (laughs) Sally is poking at her food. Jane isn't eating at all. And Johnny is way too stoned to eat right now.
1: Yeah, that kid is looks so wasted as a movie for Garris is like Yeah.
0: He just learned to smoke weed yesterday and he is a burnout today. Yeah. <laughs> when Dick comes in and Jane says, You have a good day at work? Absolutely not. I did not have a good day at work. <laughs> The stone Johnny goes down to the basement to get another joint off of the Kevin and Kenny cocoons. He's going to sell their half of the weed to get his dad's money back. Um, Then he decides to blow pot smoke in Spot's face, which gets Spot really high and turns him into a giant flying bug. Spot crashes through the basement window and escapes. Next morning, Jane is outside calling for Spot when Greg shows up. He demands that Jane tell him why Sally suggested Vince was gay. Sally says she's real sorry about Vince and hopes that he uh, shows up, and Greg heads back home. He's having a beer when his dog brings in a giant dead bug wearing Spot's collar. <laughs> dog's just standing there with a bug as big as the dog is. Yeah. <laughs> it turns out the bug isn't dead. And it startles them both, and Greg picks up an appliance and squashes it. Killing spot. Back at the Applegate's house, Sally is getting the mail, and it seems the credit card bill has arrived. Dun-dun-dun! Yeah, Sally has been a very, very busy woman. Cut to Sally at the bank, apologizing for the late payment and promising to pay on time, but the bank manager's not hearing it. Basically, he tells her that she has already refinanced the house and the car and there's no more collateral left. And if she can't pay right now, they're prepared to start repossessing everything.
1: Damn, she has been busy, huh?
0: (laughs) Yes, she has. Well, Sally throws a fit and manages to get herself kicked out of the bank. Back at the house, Greg tells Sally that a big bug ate Spot. And he sent the bug off to the university in Akron to be identified. Meanwhile, Aunt B and his other bug friends are shopping for new clothes. They are trying to pass through customs and enter the United States, but he's got a banana in his pocket. He tries to tell the customs agent that he's just happy to see him, but he's not fooling the customs agent. The customs agent knows he's got a banana in his pocket.
1: (laughs) That's a good like, no, that whole bit's pretty funny.
0: That a banana in your pocket? No, I'm just happy to see you,
1: <laughs> sir. I know that's a banana. You can't, you can't bring on, you know, food from like other countries and the country. That's that's a no go. Yeah,
0: and that's my and they lunch. Make a, <laughs> they make a reference to the Mediterranean fruit fly, which was devastating crops in California in the 80s. Yeah, yeah, the, uh, yeah. They confiscated his banana. Next day, Sally and Opal are shopping and talking about men cheating. Sally can't buy anything because she's broke, but that doesn't stop her from shoplifting in a not-at-all-sneaky way. She just kind of yeah. looks around and very flamboyantly shoves this negligee into her purse.
1: She just totally on to ride the shit out of that, didn't she? <laughs>
0: she did. <laughs> Meanwhile, in his office, Dick is having sex with Dottie again, but this time they've kicked the intercom off the table, and they're being broadcast throughout the entire nuclear plant over the PA system while nuclear regulators are touring the facility.
1: Yeah, that's uh, got to be the worst day at work for that guy.
0: (laughs) Especially with a reference to the baloney pony.
1: Yeah, the, that whole bit, you know, it's like I could just imagine <laughs> Dick's boss, like, Ugh.
0: Mr. Withers barges in with the regulators, and he fires both Dottie and Dick. That's when Dottie attempts to blackmail Dick, and she ends up in a cocoon hidden in the liquor cabinet. <laughs> That's a nice liquor cabinet, by the way. It's a very nice liquor cabinet. There was a time when it was quite fashionable in America. To have a piece of furniture in your house dedicated to booze.
1: Yeah, I love it. Uh, It's got like like, a bunch of nice uh, canters of booze in there. And then in the corner, it's just two big ass bottles of maple syrup because he's a bug. (laughs) (laughs) It's like his vermouth or something. It's like, yeah, oh yeah, Auntie Mama on the rocks. Yeah, it's fucking, there's a lot of little little bits like that where they're like really trying to sell these people are bugs. Like little yes. gags like that that I think is funny as shit.
0: Yeah. Jane comes home to find Dick watching Curling. She figures out he's cheating and smashes a bottle over his head. And he just looks at her and goes, what'd you do that for? <laughs> Remember, bugs have their skeleton on the outside.
1: <laughs> gotcha
0: cut to Greg showing the dead bug to the sheriff at the musical. Apparently the professor at the university had no idea what it was. Greg thinks the Applegates are up to something and they're importing these bugs for nefarious purposes. And the sheriff says they wouldn't harm a fly. So we immediately cut to Jane robbing a liquor store at gunpoint.
1: Oh man. I love this. Yeah. That's a sweet cutaway. Uh, like, cause he's like, oh, they wouldn't harm a fly. And then she's, Dressed up like some mechanic with like a fake mustache on. And (laughs) she's got the shotgun and she's just blowing the shit out of this gas station.
0: Yeah. She speeds off past the sheriff. The sheriff pulls her over. He wants to search the car because it fits the description of a car that was just seen at a convenience store robbery. I said liquor store, but it was a convenience store. I can do this. Give me a second. (laughs) (laughs) Jane gets out of the car and the sheriff starts searching. That's when he, he finds the the money and the gun in there and says, well, I will suck a baby's butthole. <laughs> and that's when Bug Jane attacks. Cut back to the house and Jane is dragging the cocooned sheriff into the basement. Johnny hears some noise in the basement. He thinks it's Ken and Kevin moving around down there. So he goes to investigate. He's followed very quickly by Dick. Dick sees Ken and Kevin in cocoons and wants to know what he's done. He's so mad at Johnny that he kicks the dog's food dish and it slides across the floor and bumps into a blanket that says, ow. (laughs) So they pull the blanket away and there hides Jane with the sheriff in his cocoon. So all the skeletons are coming out of the closet. She wants a drink. Before she explains and she runs up to the liquor cabinet and that's when she sees Dottie cocooned back there. So there's three of them have have taken captives now. Outside, Gail is dropping Sally off. She is, Sally is very pregnant with a half-breed bug kid. She announces that she has Vince in a cocoon in the basement also. Well, Johnny can't handle all this, so he sits down on the couch and starts lighting up his bong. He's got a problem, man.
1: It's only been like three days, dude.
0: (laughs) I know. Everything is falling apart. Johnny pushes Sally too far about being pregnant, and they attack each other. And there's yelling and screaming that wakes the entire neighbor. Cut to Aunt B trying to call the Applegates, but the phone has been disconnected. What's going on at the Applegate house? Well, let's take a look. The entire house is empty because all of their stuff has been repossessed. And Sally and Dick, or Jane and Dick, are sitting on the floor in the living room <laughs> asleep.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, no, this is, this is great.
0: Then there's a knock at the door. And they're bugs, so they try to climb up the wall to get
1: away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, shit, shit. And they just, yeah, immediately, like. From dead asleep to, oh, no, what are we going to do? And they're like climbing up the walls and trying to hide. Make yourself small as possible. That shit was funny as fuck.
0: It's a couple of guys from the Family Bazaar magazine. They are going to feature the Applegates as the most normal family in America. Because, well, when Dick created their Census Bureau records, he made sure that everything about them was perfectly average. That's when Johnny comes in. He's stoned. They notice there's no furniture. Sally comes in. She's about to pop pregnant. Suddenly, these reporters are thinking, maybe this family's not quite so average. And that's when Sally goes into labor right on the living room floor and a giant egg pops out.
1: Oh, my God.
0: It lands at the feet of one of the reporters who stomps on it, shooting goo everywhere.
1: Tell him. <laughs> <Ew>.
0: <laughs> That's harsh, dude. That's
1: really harsh, especially because, like, it it plops down and it's like a water balloon is and stuff. And he yeah. just like, and then he's like, they're like, you get this look on their face, like, what the fuck? And then, yeah, you, you see it coming before it comes. It's like, splat. It's like, he's going to stomp on that thing. And then he, he does. He
0: sure did. And the entire family is outraged. They turn into bugs and attack, and then the next thing we see, they are covering up cocoons stashed in the attic. The Applegates decide they're going to take the reporter's RV and go on vacation. So they pile in the RV, and they drive off down the street, and as they're driving off, here comes Aunt B and all of his militants pulling into the Applegates' driveway. (laughs) (laughs) They are going to take Charred camping seems to be good for the Applegates, though. Johnny and Sally are running around through the grass. Dick and Jane sitting over by the campfire. They're watching some some hikers enjoying butterflies, and everybody's feeling much better. And they're telling bug stories around the campfire that night. I don't know what a bug ghost story would be like, but they were telling them.
1: Yeah, I don't know. That it seems like that scene right there was. Plan to have uh, subtitles? Maybe. Because they're like, the camera shifts from them, you know, when they're talking, they go. Yeah, they're just know, making like bug
0: chittery noises. So you, you think maybe you like
1: missed out on something, but maybe, I don't know. That's just me guessing. Yeah. It's like, it seemed like there was going to be a, a joke in there a bit or something. Or it's like, they're like, oh, look at humans enjoying bugs. Like, you know, the whole time. You know, they live across the street from an exterminator. Uh, people are killing flies left and right. And then they go out to the country, you know, and they touch grass. And then, like, they see these joggers interacting with nature. And like, oh, we can get along or something like that. It seems like something like that was going to be put there. But you don't yeah. get that. It's just them being bugs out in the country.
0: Right. Well, they arrive home after their camping trip singing 99 bottles of beer on the wall. And they walk in the house to find Aunt B and his militant aunts with guns pointed at them.
1: <laughs> and Aunt
0: B is pissed.
1: You would a capital P, yeah.
0: Yeah. Dick has completely screwed this up. But that's okay because Aunt B has come up with his own plan and he's got bugs digging a tunnel into the power plant. And they expect a full meltdown within 24 hours. Holy shit. Cut to the attic where Aunt B has cocooned the entire family. And he wants Dick to write him a check so that he can go buy dynamite.
1: <laughs>
0: he tells Dick that after he gets the dynamite, he's going to come back here and rip his legs off one by one. Aunt B's mean.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, it's Danny Coleman, so... <laughs> I would have thought that
0: Lily Tomlin could have calmed him down a little bit. Mm -mm. No. (laughs) Well, Dick has an escape plan and he kind of bounces this little cocoon self over to the window and he gets the window open and he yells to Greg. Greg and his wife are dressed up in their costumes for the musical. And it's just hilarious. I don't know what they're dressed as. It looks like she's dressed as a belly dancer and he's dressed as a A wealthy man in silk pajamas? He's supposed
1: to to be like some guy from Japan. And then he's supposed to be a belly dancer or something from the Middle East. (laughs) See, I don't know what the hell that play was about or musical or whatever. I don't know.
0: I mean, it was called People Are Neat.
1: Yeah, I'm thinking it was like kind of, uh, it's a small world after all, but like mixed with Oklahoma or something. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I have no clue.
1: It's going to be, it's be bizarre. terrible, whatever it was. Yeah.
0: Well, he hollers out to Greg that there's big bugs attacking him. He needs their help. Oh, and by the way, Vince is up here, which is the truth. Vince is up there because they moved all the cocoons up into the attic. Yeah. And actually, we see everybody who was cocooned out of the cocoons and Greg holding the apple gates at gunpoint. And marching them into the auditorium and up onto the stage, in uh, disrupting the the musical review that they're getting ready to perform. They're going to hang Dick for what he did. Dick gives a speech about pending environmental disaster and can't we all just get along? To which the answer is hell no. <laughs>
1: oh shit yeah no. It's like uh. I don't know, at the end of Independence Day, where the president gives that speech and you, you think it's all going to come together. And they're like, oh, yeah, you know, but no, this is still opposite. They're, they're yeah. still going to hang them.
0: Yeah, he wants them to let bygones be bygones, but that doesn't work and they're going to hang him. But then the lights go out and when they come back on, the Applegates are all gone. About this time, Aunt B has broken into the nuclear power plant and is trying to blow it up with cartoon sticks of dynamite. Nice. Tunnels up through the floor and asks the nu- nuclear technician, you got a light? And, and he uses it to light the fuse on a stick of dynamite and then throw it at him. The Applegates arrive at the nuclear plant to try to stop Ant B. Dick is going to break into the control room and try to stop Ant B. Uh, one of the guys says, I'll go with you. He says, no, you can't handle the radiation. But Dick changes into bug form so that he can survive the radiation because bugs will survive anything. Right. Except a rolled up magazine. Uh, yeah,
1: that's also correct. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like paper, rock, scissors. Like everything's got its weakness, you know? So it's that's like, yeah, true. I mean, yeah.
0: Well, he heads into the control room where Aunt B is smashing the controls, and a bug battle ensues with the two just spitting slime at each other and missing. It's just landing oh, yeah. on the floor between them. And B slips in the goo, and Dick squashes him under a computer cabinet, and he just tips it over on top of him and squashes him. And then the nuclear plant plant is about to explode, and Dick is pushing buttons on the controls furiously, and we cut to a gentle river in the Amazon. Man. That was, I hated that.
1: Yeah, that was kind of a cheap thing. It's like they wrote themselves into a corner, and you don't get a really good true ending you get this epilogue
0: bullshit well greg opal and the sheriff have all come to the amazon and a giant bug stops them and they introduce themselves and and announce that they're here to see the Applegate. and that's when dick and jane come out it appears jane is queen now sally has a new drone johnny just got out of rehab and is annoying as hell yeah and they formed a new nonviolent protest organization called the BLO, the Bug Liberation Organization. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) And apparently they're very successful, and they've reclaimed hundreds of acres of forest from mining operations. Well, Opal and Greg and the sheriff have come to let the Applegates know that they're being featured in Family Bazaar for stopping the nuclear meltdown. Meanwhile, Aunt B is still in Ohio in a motorized wheelchair with a pet cockroach. And he's scheming to destroy humans or maybe go find something in a dumpster. I saw a turd back there that looked pretty good as the <laughs> credits roll. Yeah, the whole credit
1: scene, like he said, like it takes like forever for the credits. And this is just him in a motorized wheelchair going down. Just yeah. dastardly speaking about plans and cussing out the entire human race. <laughs>
0: And that was a lot of fun. I like.
1: Yeah. It's uh it's not a good movie by any means, no. but it's a funny movie. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I think it deserves another shot. I think, yeah, they should probably put this out on Blu-ray or something.
0: Yeah. It's or a great R- time. It's a, it's a way to waste an hour and a half.
1: Yeah. Plus, uh, shit, man. All-star cast in a Roger Corman movie with killer bugs, and uh pot humor, you know it's like,
0: yeah, yeah, nah, it was it's cool. a good movie if it, I mean, it's not a good movie, but it was fun watch, yeah, I'm glad we saw it,
1: oh yeah, it's right, it's man, always think... been one of those uh one of those that's like uh, haunted me, like I just remember in video stores picking this up, yeah, saying like, I'll give this a shot, and then I'm like, oh my god, no one <laughs> no one knows this I'm... film exists, I'm gonna get in trouble for watching this. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, man. I think that's a podcast. Hell yeah.